Valkyrie Cycle, a Monster Hearts 2 actual play podcast by Midnight Ceremonies Media. Episode number 15, How Lucky You Are. Hey everyone, I'm Quinn. I play Eden Grace in the Valkyrie Cycle, as well as one of the music producers for the show. Before we begin the episode, a few reminders. If you're tweeting or posting about the show online, please use hashtag the Valkyrie Cycle or hashtag TVC spoilers to tag your content and to help us see anything you'd like to share with us. You can follow our official account at Midnight Sea Media on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok for updates and additional information about the show and more. Finally, a warning that this season deals with heavy themes, including recurring and intense depictions of generational trauma, internalized homophobia, violence, and interparty conflict. For episode-specific content warnings, please check the episode description or visit our website at midnightceremoniesmedia.com. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoy episode number 15 of The Valkyrie Cycle. How lucky you are. Peace. We cut back to um, Stephanie, who is calling uh, Penny Grimm. Um, The phone, like the line rings like four or five times. And then uh, eventually like it clicks and you uh, hear it pick up. And uh, the voice on the other end goes, Hi, this is the Illumination Emporium. You've reached Penny Grimm. What can I do for you? Penny, um, uh, are you okay? Uh, who is this? Stephanie. It's, it's Stephanie. Um, I think there are some not good people who maybe want... I don't really know what's all that's happening. It's really confusing. Um, but there's evil snake people. Maybe evil. I don't know. They're snake people. And they, they're talking about maybe doing something. And and um, I just want to make sure you're okay. Because I don't want anyone else to get hurt because of things I've done. So um, can you just like make sure you're safe? I am just fine. Are you alright? You sound stressed. Um, well... <laughs> I, um, I mean, a lot of, a lot has happened. Um, I think I've kind of, you know, learned my lesson about not, um, using magic to hurt people. Because it's hurt me now. And, and hurt everyone that I cared about. Okay. Um, I'm going to close up the shop for an hour. And, uh. If your mother doesn't mind, I can bring some tea by, and we can talk. If you'd like that. Yeah, I'd like that. I don't know how to explain to my mom who you are, though. Uh, I, you were supposed to drop Shadow for me today, and you didn't come, so I'm a, I just wanted to come check in, get coffee, talk about career options. <laughs> sure. I don't think she would have ever thought I would be a local witch, but, you know. I haven't quite gotten to that point. I had to kind of tell her that I liked girls before I told her that magic was real. So. Okay, well, um, take your time, and I'll be there in 15. Okay. Um, just don't. If you see, like, the Strisiantes, 
Bob, mother, the, 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 the snake mob? Mm-hmm. Watch out for them. Noted. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Stephanie hangs up first. She's suddenly very awkward. <laughs> um, I guess like 10, like literally like 10, 15 minutes pass. And then you see like this, like old, old ass, like station wagon sort of pull up in front of your house. Um, and you see, uh, a little old lady pop out, Penny Grimm. Uh, she's like a sort of, she's like a big purse. And um, she's wearing like uh, a little like hat uh, and a big purple coat. Um, and she like walks up the sidewalk and rings a doorbell. I guess, cause Stephanie's been in her room cause she like, can't really like, she doesn't want to move around a lot. So I guess probably in the 15 minutes, she would have like called at her mom, like been like, mom, someone's gonna like come and see me. Can you like help me get downstairs? Yeah, your mom helps you get downstairs, <laughs> sets you up in like the living room, uh, and um, goes and like opens the door for Penny, like welcomes her in, so, like they say hello, make introductions. You hear Penny give like the, yeah, I'm like, you know, the sort of like local business person who your daughter was going to job shadow with and et cetera. And your mom seems to buy it. Um, and uh, Penny comes in and actually Penny goes into the kitchen with your mom first and you hear the two of them like talking and, uh, because like they figure out that Penny like knew uh, your mom's like dad or something in high school and so now they're like catching up on local bit like gossip in the kitchen um, but eventually Penny comes out uh, with like two big mugs um, of like steaming hot tea and sets one down on like the coffee table in front of you and then sits like on the couch uh, next to you um, and says so this is a, a, a little herbal blend. I make it myself, grew the herbs in my garden this summer. Uh, so it's really good, calms the nerves. Um, it smells pretty good too. Stephanie holds the mug. I don't really usually drink like tea that's warm. I, I like iced, I like iced drinks. <laughs> Penny just nods. <laughs> um, and she sips her own tea uh, and just like has like a person drinking tea moment where her like eyes are closed and she's just sort of enjoying like the smell and like the warmth. Um, she's like very old, sort of like wrinkled and like knobby hands. Um, so that are like wrapped around this mug. And then she sets it down and sort of puts her elbow on the arm, on like the arm of the couch and just looks at you and says, um, Okay, so as my grandson likes to say, what's up, Stephanie? Well, I wanted a date to prom, so I kind of uh, tried to get this guy who I like made out with one time, but mainly he's like my ex's ex 
Anyway, it turns out he's a werewolf. Um, really didn't like what I did to him. So then this Stephanie gestures to her face. Um, happened. And then there's this other girl who's my friend, but also I was like, she's not my friend because she's like slept with my boyfriend, but my boyfriend wasn't really my boyfriend because he's gay, but like they slept together and they didn't tell me and that, um, that really sucked. That's why I came to you actually, because like, you know, I suddenly had this massive breakup in front of everyone and I thought magic was kind of the only way to deal with it. I guess I've always used magic to deal with things since high school, at least. Anyway, I kind of, after, you know, almost dying, I thought that I probably shouldn't use magic anymore. But Sylvia then came and saw me. Sylvia, my friend, who's not my friend, but she is my friend. And, and she asked me to, to cast some magic on some people and she didn't really tell me why, but she, you know, she kind of always implied that her, her family was into some sketchy shit. She said me, that me casting those spells would, would, um, protect her and her family. But I didn't really know if she was telling the truth. So, so I, I did cast another spell to, to see where she went and what she felt. And she always talked about how she hated her mom. But her mom was really proud of her for what she's done. And Sylvia felt nothing for me. Her mom was talking about the, the, the Reyes. They were talking that they were going to take care of the witches, y you, and I panicked <laughs> and called you. So now we're here. Well, I appreciate that. And she takes a sip of tea. Um, and then she sort of laughs a little bit and says, um, personally, I'm not, a, I'm not that worried about myself. Um, I would actually, I would love to see Guadalupe Reyes try anything. She, I knew that girl in high school and she cannot throw a punch. But as for um, the rest of uh, what you mentioned, well, I had my own share of uh, sort of romantic drama things back in the day so i understand that this is a lot and um with the whole supernatural element it actually is life or death as opposed to seeming life or death but what i guess i'll ask you first stephanie is you were doing all these spells for your friend even though you said you kind of wanted to stop doing magic, right? Yeah. Well, how do how do you feel about your friend? Did you want to do those spells? 
for them. If I don't do what she asks, then I think that's it. You know, we'll never get to talk to her again. Okay, well, I'm going to tell you two things. One, any friendship sort of built on an exchange of goods or services is not a friendship. That's a business. And so it seems like you want a friendship with this person, maybe, but if all they want from you is your magic and aren't going to give you anything else beyond what they'll give you in exchange for your magic, which doesn't sound like a lot to begin with. She said she'll protect me. You can protect yourself. You are a very powerful witch. You do not need. When I've tried to protect myself, I actually want to ask you, um, well, you said you were going to say something else. Well, the other thing I was going to say, and maybe this will help answer, maybe this can help with whatever you were going to ask me next. Um, your magic isn't good or evil on its own. Magic just is. And I understand not wanting to use your magic because you do bad things with it or did bad things with it. But that wasn't the magic. That was the choices you made. And you can make better choices with your magic. It is only ever as good or as bad as you choose to make it. Yeah. I'm evil. Okay, I didn't say that. That definitely is not true. So you're saying it's not me, it's, it's just what I do? Well, I'll tell you something that I believe. And maybe it'll help, maybe it won't. Maybe you can, you can choose to believe it or you can choose to ignore it. But what I believe, and she puts her cup of tea back on the table and just like puts her hands on her lap and fully looks at you. No person is born good or bad. They're just born and they just are. No person is inherently evil. And all of us are capable of incredible good in our lives. All of us are faced with choices that we make. And we have been, we are, we always will be. It's the nature of life. And with every choice you make, you choose what type of person you become. No one trips and stumbles into being a good person or a bad one. These are choices that you make throughout your life. And if you make a lot of bad choices, at the end of the day, there will always be another opportunity to make a good one. So I don't think you're evil. I don't think that's what you are. 
I think that if you've made some bad choices that have hurt people, they probably have a right to be upset. But that doesn't mean that you can't change or choose a better option tomorrow. You're only evil if you choose to make yourself and let yourself be evil. And if you don't want to be that person, you don't have to be. Okay. If I've hurt people, does that hurt ever go away? For them or for you? Both? I can't answer that because really that's up to you and that's up to them. I have hurt a lot of people in my life and I've lived a very long one. And I still regret the things I did that hurt people. And I still wish that I hadn't made those decisions. But if I had dwelled on those decisions, if I dwell on the hurt that I've done, I would not be any farther than I was in high school. At a certain point, whether the hurt goes away or if it doesn't, you do have to move on and move forward and let the outcomes and the consequences of the things that you've done inform your actions in the future. I heard a lot of people when I was younger and that is why I try my damnedest not to do it now. Thank you. Thank you for having patience with me. Penny smiles and pats your hand and says, I was just like you when I was a kid. Probably worse, to be completely honest. What did you do? We do not have the time to get into that. And she sort of laughs, uh, but she says, um, I had to learn quite the hard way how to stop being a sort of agent of chaos in the world that only acted on behalf of myself. And perhaps if there had been someone who had been patient with me, I could have gotten my shit together a little bit faster. Everyone deserves someone to be patient with them and everyone deserves or everyone has an opportunity to get a second chance and I don't want to see you get hurt and I don't want to see you hurt other people and I know that you are capable of so much I'm gonna, I'm gonna end the hex she asked me to do. I think it's just gonna lead to more people getting hurt. And so Stephanie is going to drop the illusion hex on Lucian Aster. However, 
she did realize in talking then that part of the reason she was attacked by Lucian when she cast binding is because she dropped the binding. And so I think she's not actually going to drop the binding on Starfire. Alrighty. Penny stays uh, at your house for a while um, and makes you some more tea. She apparently brought uh, quite a large bag of like this loose leaf like mix that she has. Um, and she and your mom get along really well. Um, and I think it, it, it almost disturbs Stephanie. She's like, what? wait, this doesn't make sense to me. Like, what, what do you have to talk about? <laughs> they just like sort of both like turn like almost in unison and like look at you as like, what the, like, what do you mean? What do we have to talk about? So much. And then they like go back and like they're just sort of like hunched over together like gossiping about like someone's kid who like got a divorce but like is getting remarried but like the ex-husband was invited to the wedding um etc etc stephanie's just gonna be like okay (laughs) and probably eventually go back up to her room (laughs) meanwhile we will cut back over uh to the Wendy's. <laughs> yeah, fine over at the Wendy's. We're fine. We're just stacking up fucking Slurpees and Frosties, whatever they're called. Doing so good at this this here Wendy's. Yeah. So Starfire just dropped the phone and ran out. <laughs> yeah, and then Lucian, you came to several realizations, sort of all at once. What do you guys do? Lucian is still like, sort of like this after having the phone snatched out of his hand by Starfire. And is sort of just staring off into the middle distance. Yeah, Eden's kind of just like watching as Starfire leaves, just like out the door. It's Korra. It's who? Blackwell, it's Korra. Cora from Softball, Cora. Cora the Stuco? Cora Mitchell. It's Cora Blackwell. Fuck. Should we go help her? No. I've seen Starfire like that before. She's doing this by herself. We should do what she told us to do. Is where's the phone right now? Is it still on the the table or? Starfire dropped it on the ground, so it'd still be like, it'd probably be like under the table. Lucian probably would have picked it up though. Is the screen cracked or is the whole phone broken? I mean, this dipshit pays for an expensive case, so. <laughs> um, it's probably uh, the screen actually, I feel like Lucian is the type to have one of those like really expensive, like really nice like glass screen protectors. Mm-hmm. So actually that is what completely shattered. Um, but if you like open up your phone case and peel it back, the actual inside screen is fine. Great, he'll do that. <laughs> I think Caesar said something about knowing something about the Strisiantes. I've told you everything that Caesar knows about the Strisiantes already. Remind me what that was again that he told you? 
Um, he doesn't know anything about the Strisiantes other than that they met with my father last night. I don't know anything about what either of them are planning other than what Starfire said about the Strisiantes and Jormungandr and all that. But if we need to get Sylvia out of here, um, I could probably go back to the police station and um, say some, maybe hand over this footage, give them some information about how I was really scared to say anything, but the Strisiantes have actually been intimidating us for the past couple months. And I really didn't want to say anything because I'm in class with uh, their kid, but I just felt it wasn't right to hold back any longer on that kind of information. And then hand them the footage and get them looking around the Reyes and the Black Wells. Um, even though they don't have any um, sort of explosives or anything, it'll still tie them up, get them busy, having to deal with cops coming houses. Wait, but I thought I thought the Reyes were were good. Like wasn't Caesar helping us? Yes. But I'm pretty sure Guadalupe Reyes can deal with a couple cops coming around to ask a couple questions. It's I think it's the best shot we have. If you're comfortable with that, I think that's a good move. But we need but that that just ties up the Strisiantes, it doesn't tie up Sylvia. Hmm. Can I, DM, can I use a, can I use my heightened senses move? The exact wording is when you rely on your animal instincts to make sense of a charged situation, roll with dark. Is this situation charged enough? Yeah. <laughs> also, also, would he get a plus one from technically light the way, which probably activates because. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. She also get a plus one because I'm there. Because <laughs> what is the? We're still in the click. I know we're not like all technically here, but like. Yeah, yeah. I would. I would. Could, I would count that. So I have a plus one from Starfire's orders and from Eden. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's a six on the die, but I have a negative one dark, so that's five. But plus two, that's a seven. So I succeed barely. <laughs> Uh, so on a seven to nine, ask one question from below and take one forward. Cool, 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 cool. What's their secret weakness? Whose? So the Sylvia's, the Stresiantes. Well, that is not a question for me. That is a question for Victoria. Or Because, yeah, well, Dia, are you asking about the Stresiantes as a family or like a specific individual within that family? I feel like if what Lucian's doing will succeed, it'll tie up the family enough. I'm asking about Sylvia specifically because Starfire okay. asked for them to destroy Sylvia. Okay. So Sylvia's weakness mm -hmm. would probably just be that she's like actually very lonely and hasn't had a real friend ever. Um, <laughs> and like every friend she's ever had, it's been this weird sort of like, oh, you're just here to entertain me. And she hasn't ever actually cared about them. So they've never like, they either care about her or they don't care about her. But Sylvia just like, 
and then Sylvia spends time like when the friend leaves figuring out like do I miss them or not and then just like find someone else to be entertained by but they're actually a very lonely person Mm. oh my god um so Cassie what you do in like the next minute or so is like for the first time maybe in a while probably because you've been sort of avoiding Stephanie is that you realize that over the past like six months of senior year you and Sylvia have actually come into contact quite frequently but the sort of presence of Stephanie at their side has always been the sort of like curtain on you like figuring out what's going on with Sylvia at all. And so in this moment now, when Starfire has run off, but left you with only an order to find something to destroy Sylvia, you think back and you piece together all these times where you've run into Sylvia in the hallway, when you've seen them at parties and you've seen her like off to the side, standing in Stephanie's shadow, awkwardly in the corner while Stephanie hangs off of Caleb's arm. And you think back to the way that Sylvia looked in those moments and you piece it together. You realize that Sylvia has only ever had one friend at Thornridge and that friend had never cared about her. Sylvia is lonely. Does Cassie, I feel like he does, but does Cassie know that Sylvia's dad is in prison or on trial for something? Yes. So Cassie sits there for a minute. She watches Lucian play through the footage again and again. And she looks over at Eden and she looks to the spot where Starfire was and takes a deep breath, sits up, straightens his shoulders. The one thing that I know about Sylvia is she has nobody except for Stephanie. And if any, if there's anybody I know better I know Stephanie incredibly well, and that means that she has nobody. So if we tie up her family, her mom, everything, if we figure out a way to cut off as many sources of contact as possible, I don't think Sylvia will be a problem anymore. So I think police station is a good move. We can go there and I mean, I can I can talk to Sylvia as well. I can, I mean, my words had an effect on her in the clearing. That's too, that's too close. That's, I don't. I wouldn't advise that based on what happened to me the last time I got close to Sylvia. You I don't have to go alone. Mm, I, I would not inter- underestimate that person. And I'm certainly not going to see her again anytime soon. It's too risky. We don't confront Sylvia. We deal with her from a distance. Very far distance. You can't let her talk to you, ever. All right. So we deal with her family first, then. And once she's well and truly alone, then what? And it's damage control at that point, isn't it? Sort of just watching a storm spin out on its own, right? 
Yeah. Because she doesn't have Stephanie anymore, does she? I mean, they defended her in the clearing, but I mean, you'd know, Cassie. Is there anything still there? No. At least I don't think so. Or if there was, it's it's not it's not something that can be fixed easy. Do you know what Stephanie's doing at the moment? She hasn't been back at school, right? She's just been She's probably at home, probably. Can I check Snap Maps? <laughs> yeah. You can check snap you can check snap maps sylvia literally did the exact same thing like 20 minutes earlier so yeah you can check snap maps and you can see that stephanie is indeed at home eden will show them yeah she's she's at home she's kind of chilling i don't know if there's much she can do with the broken with broken ribs question do i have any idea if because I'm still currently under illusions. Is, do I know that that's Stephanie magic or do I just feel completely within the depths of, <laughs> of, of isolation? The thing with illusions is that it's not meant, you're not meant to know. Okay. It is, but yeah, it just influences your reality. And I honestly don't even think that you would maybe know that it drops when it drops either yeah that's what i was also thinking is that i think it already did its damage pretty much um okay great never mind then just wondering sylvia's been trying to mess with um pretty much all of us recently i know she said things to starfire um, not sure exactly what, but, um, yeah, just don't, don't talk to them. Listen, I just want to be useful. I want to help. There's, there might be a way we can help. There's, when I was, when I was in the car with Stephanie, we talked and she mentioned a a, a witch in town and I found an address if oh isn't can, that yeah isn't that Chris's grandmother maybe may, maybe I don't it's, it's I called the Illumination Emporium I believe maybe if you went by there asked the witch there if there was anything I mean I feel if there's a way to catch cast magic, there's got to be a way to block it, right? And if anyone were to know that, it would be a witch, another witch. So, I was I was gonna go after school today, but I can I can come with you. Well, I mean to I mean you can. I don't. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. No, that's a good idea. All right. Will you? Are you? Are you going to be okay to go to the station on your own? Mm-hmm. Just if you if you need anything, just text or call. Yeah, I won't need anything. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Can Eden recognize that something's wrong with with Lucian? 
I mean, that that feels like a, a question for, for you, not for me. Does Eden notice that? A lot is happening right now. I mean, Eden is attentive, always. And also, his best friend is Blackwell, like, is the villain, the big bad that you guys have been chasing this for, like, a, an entire year. If, if, you, if you want to say shit to him, he's being snippy, but, like, it, you have no idea, like, what genre of <laughs> Lucian bullshittery <laughs> you're dealing with. True. Yeah, that's, that's good. We can, I can drive you to the station. Didn't Starfire drive you? I'm pretty sure Starfire drove you. So you guys are currently stranded at the well. She drove. I think she, I think she drove, but then walked. So yeah, the car is still in the parking lot. I'm sorry. I mean, did Starfire take the keys though? No, Star. Well, I guess if they were on. That's a good question. I don't know. We can hotwire the fucking. <laughs> Cassie, yeah. please go hotwire the Subaru Outback, please. <laughs> <laughs> our wait, our question. Is mm-hmm. there a is there a way to get to the police station like through the woods? If I wolfed it, could I make it not in public? Could mm-hmm. I make it to the police station? You could walk to the police station as like a normal human. It would take maybe like 20, 30 minutes, but it's like it's not a oh 23 yeah i'll fucking i'll walk i'll say it's like a mile walk yeah yeah i'll i'll be like fucking this is why we should have taken my car uh we should always take my car whenever we don't take my car things we should take my car actually no we should take my car um okay i mean do you want to we gotta go do you want to fucking hotwire starfire's car cast i personally don't want starfire um more up my ass than she already is so um, it's her fault for leaving the car here yes well um yeah that's true but an uber only takes like five minutes to get here so we'll we'll do an uber i i don't think hotwiring her car right now at this moment is the move Lucian orders an Uber to the Illumination Emporium. Oh, are we going there now? <laughs> yeah. What else is we? Oh, wait. We have school, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> no, fuck school. Cassie doesn't care about school. Eden? Eden kind of does. Eden, do you want to go back to school? Not really. I am so far out of the realm of caring about school at this point. I feel as though even if I didn't turn in any more assignments, I would probably still get at least a passing grade. I don't care anymore. So Lucian's going to not go to school and order an Uber to the Illumination Emporium for Cassie and Eden. Okay, you call an Uber. Uh, This, uh, like, I don't know, blue 20... 11 Toyota Prius pulls up, uh, driven by a guy named Ryan. Um, he who's like, yeah, early 20s, um, pulls up, uh, and Eden and um, Cassie, you guys hop in. Eden in the car, just, just a small thing, is going to like, while they're sitting, is just going to lean his head on Cassie's shoulder. No, uh, Cassie's gonna like. All that that stiffness from earlier, from using the move, from thinking about everything, like loosens a little bit, and she just sits back. Ryan pulls up to uh, 
head to the illumination emporium uh, uh drops you guys off drives away um you like walk around the corner to to like pull like to where the the store is and um caesar at about this time since you are also heading here you like have found a parking spot and are walking up to the illumination emporium and the three of you sort of like see each other on the sidewalk and then turn and look at the door which says like closed be back in like and then the the like little clock on the closed thing is like set to like 3 p.m what time is it right now um it's like 12 45 oh fuck hi caesar hi eden and cassie hello fancy seeing you here yeah in the middle of a school day yeah why aren't you in school um you know fuck school end of senior year sure yeah um that's uh yeah uh we were which door and Cassie points at the closed sign. But um yeah, that's a while from now. Good to see you, by the way, Cassie. I'm glad you're glad you're good. I think you what what I mean we can we can wait here for her to come wait here for over two hours i mean where else do you want to go i don't know if we're gonna skip school i'd rather not just like wait outside of shit yeah there's like there's shit to do in thornridge not a lot but there's shit to do there's an arcade there is there is an arcade like like literally a block away yeah go to the arcade it would probably be better to to go to the arcade sorry i'm sorry can we just imagine some smash cuts between the conversation with stephanie and penny grimm and lucian and whatever he's doing and sylvia and her family and starfire and cora talking outside the church into they're playing (laughs) pac-man After Caesar's had this like two devastating oh, no. conversation. You don't understand. In I a am row. all for it. I want it to happen very badly. It's just fucking hilarious. This is how we, no, this this is how we get Caesar out of his darkest self. He plays Pac-Man in the arcade. <laughs> it's actually it quite possible. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Um yeah, you guys can like walk uh down the block uh to Blissopolis, which is the name of the arcade. No, the fuck it is not. It <laughs> it's is. it's, sorry, it's the been, fucking no, what? It's, zero. it's been, uh, it's been that since session zero. It's been Blissopolis since the like fucking world doc dropped. Yep, yep. Yeah, y'all should be reading the world dog. I knew this. I wanted to go there. Yeah, also, uh, it is a pizza place and bowling alley as well as an arcade, but the bowling alley isn't open. Uh, it opens at 4 p.m. 
Um, there is uh, the like the counter is open though, so you guys can get pizza if you want. And then um, there's a bunch of arcade games. There's like one of those like quarter uh, machines on the wall, and um, there's sort of like a row uh, along the back. Basically, as you come in, it's the arcade, and then like you go through um, like a door, and then there's like the bowling alley on the other side of the building. Um, but over here, there's like a row of like the retro machines uh, that are all like from the 80s and the 90s uh, that have all like the old school games um, with like old, old ass records. Um, and then there's like some newer ones. Uh, there's like a, a newer like sort of racing game. They've got a, a DDR machine. Um, and there's like a 30 year old like bored looking guy reading a comic book at the counter and who just like glances up as you come in and then goes back to turning the pages it is a pretty pretty classic arcade like it has like the sort of 90s like retro funky carpet and um there's like some light uh like rock music playing um, but it's pretty quiet because all the arcade machines are on and they are all playing like their own separate music so it's like kind of loud and a little chaotic but um also almost entirely empty like there is no one in here except the guy at the counter so it is just the three of you eden just looks at the two of them just like so we have the run of the place what do you want to do first? Mm, I don't, don't know. I don't really go to arcades. Okay, okay. Let's. Do you want to play like? You want to go on the on the on the dance game? Sure. I guess. What? I guess. I. I think you know. I. I personally, I would love to see Cesar Rodriguez Reyes, Stico Preston, absolutely break it down on the Dance Dance Revolution game. Personally, so I think I that's a vote yes for me, but um Caesar, I mean sorry, Eden is going to grab Caesar. <laughs> well, first is going to get some uh quarters for them to like play, but then is going to grab Caesar by the arm and drag him to the DDR machine. Okay, are you and Cassie not gonna play or are you just gonna watch me no i'm going to go with you i'm gonna go with you it's a two-player game man oh okay great thanks you guys uh get on the game i feel like um it is both the spirit it is very ddr machine for the only song in english that this thing has to be uh toxic by britney spears <laughs> so oh yes hell oh, yes, yes. So you guys spend the afternoon, or the next couple of hours, uh, at the arcade uh, instead of going to school. Um, it is indeed very fun, as, uh, actually as, like, the, the hours start to tick away and, like, it gets closer to, like, school actually getting out, more, like, students come in, either, like, fully skipping or people who got out early because of free periods. Um, so, like, eventually there are more people there, um, but... It's, for the most part, like, it's pretty fun. The guy behind um, the counter, like, does not pay any attention to you guys. And despite everything that is happening in 
outside this building, in the world, impending doom, relationships imploding, family members that expect too much or perhaps too little, inside the arcade, you are just a group of friends having fun. And then 3 p.m. rolls around. I have a question before 3 p.m. rolls around. Mm-hmm. Can, or not a question, can Eden like text uh text the click y'all get me as much information you can on sylvia as possible you get uh two thumbs ups back from uh eli and justin perfect so before i guess before we move to penny grim returning from stephanie's house we will uh cut over or cut back to lucian who's going to uh the police station Mm-hmm. Walk in there by my 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 lonesome. Cool. Um you walk through the uh streets of Thornridge, uh quiet, snowy. Uh every once in a while a car passes you by, but it's uh middle of the afternoon on a weekday, so things in a in a residential neighborhood, things are pretty pretty quiet. Soon you come up to the uh, uh, police station, which is uh, also in the same building as the city hall and the library. And um, you head inside and are greeted with the very familiar face of Francis, the receptionist, who frankly has started to see you a little too often. Uh, But she looks up as like the bell rings as you come in the door. Lucian will walk uh, straight up to her and say, may I speak to Sheriff Heron, please? I have important business with him. Um, well, give me a second and I'll uh, see if he's got, if he's busy. He's not busy, Francis. All right, I'll let him know you're coming back. And she like picks up the phone and, and like hits it and is like, Sheriff, Lucian Astor's here to see you and I'll send him right back. And she just sort of like, nods uh and like gestures where you can see in the back is like a door that says like sheriff's office lucian walks in doesn't say anything to francis uh you walk past you see the sheriff heron who is this um uh well he he looks like billy burke from uh who famously played charlie in twilight sort of an old like middle-aged uh white man with like a big like handlebar mustache and um uh, he looks very sad. <laughs> sad and recently divorced. Um, and he sort of like looks up from uh, his computer as you come in and uh, says, Mr. Astor, what can I do you for? Um, I have some uh, information um, that will be very relevant to you and your ongoing investigation um, that I wanted to volunteer. And um, I have some things that I uh, realized that I'd forgotten the last time that I was here, um, you know, with the stress of the situation, your mind kind of gets a little cloudy. Yeah, yeah, well, uh, uh, what do you, what do you have? Uh, Lucian will take out his phone. and say, I have footage from my house's 
security cameras uh, of the evening and um, there are some people who were there that evening that I didn't know were there until I watched the footage. So I can give that footage to you. Oh, uh, yeah, that would be um, extremely helpful. And he sort of like gestures for the, the phone. Do you have an email address I can send it to? Yeah, he looks like briefly frustrated and then just like nods and says, um, yeah, of course you can send it to um, uh, Sheriff, D-E-P-T, at, uh, at thornridgepd.com. Lucian will type that in and then send it. He doesn't want to give this fucking cop his phone. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um yeah you sent the, the the video and he uh you watch as he like loads up his email account on this like ancient 90s computer on his desk uh and then opens the file and uh you see he he watches it in full uh just sort of like hand on his chin just like watching totally devoid of any expression and then when it's done you see that he forwards it to like evidence um and then turns uh, back in his chair to look at you and says, well, this is uh, some pretty interesting stuff. Thank you for uh, letting us know. And um, we will let you know as soon as we have any sort of information uh, about the investigation. Obviously, um, our condolences uh, again. Or my condolences again. Um, have you uh, you you figured out your uh, living situation, right? Uh, yes, um, I have figured out my living situation. Great, great, good to hear. Um, is there anything else I can? Uh... Uh, yes, there is actually. Um, I remember my. Um, my father briefly mentioning to me um, specifically some business that we had with the Strisciantes. Um, and, um, you know, he, that he was a, um, a, a man who didn't like to show weakness, but I, I knew when he was worried about things um, and whenever he talked about them, he was worried. That's all I really know how to say about that. And um, their, uh, their, their child, I think um, their child, Sylvia, uh, is in, uh, in, in some of my classes at high school. Um, and she, uh, she, I mean, I'm, to be honest, Sheriff, I'm nervous about even saying anything about it um, just because it, it families like that can be quite powerful um but she uh insinuated things to me um just unkind things uh and really just made me feel generally unsafe and, and that combined with what my father was saying about uh some of the business dealings that they, that they had it just sort of seemed like there was um I don't know, like there, that the that the bomb was always ticking to begin with, so to speak. 
Sheriff Herod nods, sort of taking all of that in. And then he says, um, well, let me tell you one thing, son. Uh, thank you for sharing that with me. And you, if you are general, genuinely like sort of worried about your safety, we can, I can put a, a squad car outside of, uh, you know, your home, uh, sort of keep an eye on things. And uh, I can contact uh, the guidance counselor at the school. Of course, uh, um, you know, I've got a kid who goes there. So I know that the Thornridge has a zero tolerance policy for uh, bullying and harassment. So I can uh, put in a word with Joe and um, see, see if we can uh, do something about that. Yeah, I'd love the squad car. I'm actually staying at um, Cora Mitchell's house. Um, so uh, you could send one of those over there. That would be really wonderful. I would feel much safer. Uh, yeah, of course. I'll uh, get one of the boys on it. Um, do you uh, need a ride back to school? No, I, I, uh, I'm, I'm actually, um, I, I mean, I, I talked with the counselors. I'm, I'm, I'm taking the rest of the bit of the day off for myself. I'm, yeah, taking the day for myself. Alrighty. Well, uh, if anything else comes to mind that that would help be helpful in the investigation, you know, the line's always open. I will, I will let you know. All right. Well, uh hopefully there'll be um some developments soon that uh i can get you informed of thank you mm -hmm. and lucian will walk out of the police station um open up his phone sort of scroll through all his contacts not really see anyone you might uh actually call Cassie question mark? What time is it actually? What time am, am by the time I get out of the police station? By the time you get out of the police station, it's probably getting close to two. Um, and actually about this time, because as you like open up your phone, you start scrolling through it, you actually get a text from Cora that just says, I know you know, I'm sorry. If you don't want to live at my house, that's understandable, but I won't tell my parents anything. Lucian will text back, you're still alive, question mark? I thought Starfire came to see you. She types for a long minute, like starting and stopping, and then she finally just sends back. She has to wait a little bit longer. Oof. For what? He'll text back. She just sends back the night of Revel, the end of everything. Lucian will just text. I'm usually the dramatic one, Cora. Well, you didn't know me as well as you think you did. Lucian will just text back yeah 
oh god i mean <laughs> lucian realizes that he doesn't know where to go uh the first in a long time and then he thinks about the last time where he went to the last time he didn't know where he wanted didn't know where to go um and he texts luna hanlon <laughs> is it cool if i come over for dinner tonight it's like a couple minutes and then uh I, like you, enough that you like sort of check the check your phone you realize oh like it's like sort of towards the end of class and then like about when you know when a passing period is about it like is happening you get a text back that just says yeah lol why Lucian <laughs> will start laughing and then say um missing your mom's cooking send also don't really have anywhere else to go send she sends back um my mom's cooking is the best be there at six with your stuff uh lucian will send thank you uh and then yeah for the rest of his plan is to like get back to school because that's where his car is <laughs> um <laughs> uh get his car um and pick up his shit from uh Cora's house and then yeah go to go to Luna's but he'll he'll text like the chosen squad group chat um uh Everything went well at the police department. I've told, like, gave them the footage, insinuated everything about, told them at most things about Sylvia. Uh, send. Also got a cop stationed outside the Blackwells. That should be fun. Send. And then, um, yeah, that's that's his his plan pretty much. And he will also probably uh, on the, before like getting, getting to Luna's house, like pick up a housewarming gift of some kind, probably goes back to the same grocery store where he bought flowers for the Mitchells and buys flowers for the Hanlons. Absolute bro moment. <laughs> um, Does he see Cora when he goes to pick his shit up? <laughs> Rob, I think that Cora is smart enough to not not show her face. So Oliver, her like, uh, actually, no, because he would be in school. Um, her mom probably is the one who like hands all, hands you all your stuff, and like she clearly doesn't she doesn't know what's going on. So um, when she like hands all your things, she's like, oh, I'm so glad that you like found a family member you could stay with. I really glad that you know you have like family who can support you blah 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 lucian will is she the only one in the house uh as far as you know do i see simon's car in the driveway no but i cora's car would be in the driveway cora's car is in the driveway so i know cora's in the house at least somewhere right here yeah lucian will look at what's the mother's first name 
Delilah. Delilah Mitchell. He thinks about all of the time that he shared with Cora. Every smoke after mass, every, it just, he had no friends coming into Thorn Ridge, but he had Cora. And he knows at least a semblance of what Starfire's family demands of her. So he can't even begin to imagine what Cora Blackwell's family would be wanting her to do. So Lucian will just look at Delilah and say, yes, thank you for opening your home to me. And um, he'll just take one more like step forward, just more into her space and, 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 and sort of like let all of the, his frightening nature kind of not, he's not hiding it anymore. Like he doesn't have to turn into a wolf for people to know that he is one. Um, and he'll just look at Delilah Mitchell and really look at her and say, I hope you know what a wonderful daughter you have. She sort of nervously takes a step back and says, um, oh, I know. She's, we're very lucky. Yes, you are very lucky. Takes another step forward. I hope you don't waste how lucky you've been. And then steps out. Well, before he left, he definitely put a nut, like a fair amount of like money and bills on the guest bedroom uh, bed with just a little note on it that says for your suit and leaves it on the bed. And then he also probably writes, not just for your suit, he probably puts the name of a suit shop and says, ask for Taylor, he won't scam you. Make sure they check the inseams. And then he'll walk out and he'll drive to Luna's house. Oh. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, God, fuck, ouch. Okay, so we shall uh, jump back to um, Starfire because you- Oh, fuck. Hi. So Starfire, you're walking home um, after getting a text from your mom and you show up and um, you see that your parents are both home and they're sort of like sitting at the kitchen table uh, with your sister and Morgan. Uh, Starfire does not walk in, she knocks. Okay, well then your dad opens the door and says, did you lose your key? Uh, yeah. Okay, well, I'll take you to the hardware store tomorrow and we'll get you a replacement. Um, come in. Walks in. He, like, walks over to the table, takes a seat. Uh, there's, like, a spot for you between Morgan and your sister, which is, like, direct, and it's directly across from your mom. Walks up to it, kind of kicks the chair out with her foot and sits down. You sit down, and uh, your mom uh, just 
sort of levels uh, her gaze at you and says, so we were going to have this conversation after school, but the school told me, called to tell me that you didn't show up for sixth period. Yeah. Morgan has informed me that she and Pennygrim and several other magic users in the area had tried to strengthen the wards between the realms earlier this week and they well they're weakening again suddenly drastically and undoing all the work that Morgan and Miss Grimm did to try and ensure that the town would survive to the Night of Revel. So it's become fairly obvious that this is not like previous rituals or previous cycles because whoever whoever the Blackwells are, they have people on their side who are helping them. And we are running out of time. What do you need me to do? I need you to train harder than you ever have in your life. And your sister, and she looks pointedly at Carolyn, who is just like, she has like a butter knife in her hand that she's like spinning on the table and is like looking straight down and not looking at you or your parents. Your sister is going to help you because despite how things have played out, Carolyn is more prepared than you. And so she is going to get you up to speed. Thank you. I look forward to it. Your sister sort of like scoffs next to you but doesn't say anything. And your mom just says, good. So, after school for the rest of the week. You're sending me to school? The world is ending in two fucking weeks and I have to go to school? The world isn't going to end Starfire because you are going to win. So yes, you're going to school. I don't think I can do a lot of winning from English literature. It's the principle of the thing, young lady. Okay. After school. And Carolyn and Morgan will help train you. Have you made any progress figuring out who Blackwell is? I found a tree in the woods. BW. Don't know if that has anything to do with it. There's a tree. So. And I know the Strisiantes are involved. Not that that's news. Yeah. Your mom sort of stiffens and you see that she's like kind of about to say something, but then your dad like puts a hand like on her shoulder and she stops and like pauses and then says 
good. That's that's good to know. Do you find anything out? Well, your father and I have been looking through the archives, and I have reached out to your grandmother, but she's not returning my phone calls at the moment, despite how important the situation is. So, we are working on it. In the meantime, Morgan, and your mom, like, turns to her sister, uh, who looks so uncomfortable, does not want to be here, uh, and she just says, well, um, Penny and I are going to try and figure out whoever is undoing our work in the woods and track them down and try to stop them. So if your work is being undone in the woods, does this mean that I need to be on alert for zombie apocalypse taking over my high school while I'm in English literature? Uh, Your dad says, um, well honey it does mean that the dragger will probably start coming back in heavier numbers especially with everything coming so close but carolyn has agreed to help you <laughs> you agreed to what carolyn Carolyn, like, still not even looking at you, just, like, spinning and spinning this, like, butter knife on the table. Just says, yeah, I'm gonna help you hunt the dragger. Does she look at me? Nope. Starfire kind of clears she's out. No, sorry, what was that? She, like, puts her, like, sort of slams her hand down on the knife, stopping it. And turns and looks and you see that she has like sort of I don't know if you've seen your sister at all in the last couple of days um, but now she looks like you can see that she has sort of like dark circles under her eyes um, and she turns and looks at you and just says uh, I'm going to help you fight the Draugr did you get me that time? yes I think so thank you and I would like to flick my knife on the table and just knock the butter knife out of her hands. It skitters off the table and uh, your dad like reflex, like fast reflexes, like catches it before it hits the floor. And I kind of grin at Carolyn. Watch the hands. Your dad sort of like clears his throat and says, not at the table, please. And then there's just like this sort of awkward silence for a minute. And then your mom just sort of like, like smooths her hands down her shirt and just says, well, did you have lunch? No. Okay. I'm going to make lunch and the four of you can do your own thing. 30 minutes, back at the table. And she gets up and and goes to the kitchen. Your dad sort of, like, kind of immediately shuffles off to, like, find something to do and make himself busy. 
um, and Morgan like sits there for a moment and then just says, "I'm gonna tell your mom that I'm gonna just go home for the for the day." Yeah. Uh, and she sort of like whispers to you, Starfire, like, "If you need anything, just like call me, text me." But she's being a nightmare right now, so I'm gonna hit the road. Starfire kind of clenches her teeth and doesn't say anything back, but nods just a little bit. And then it's just you and Carolyn, who does not move. So 30 minutes seems like a pretty long time. I bet we could get at least four or five. Sure. Great. What are you going to fight with? I don't know. Why don't you choose? Choose for you? Sure. Well, I'm not sure what a good placement for the chain is, but I know you are good with knives, so uh, Starfire will, like, I don't know. There's knives around. She'll go get, like, one or two throwing daggers. Throw them on the table. There you go. That should do it. Great. Mm -hmm. She, like, grabs them off the table, like, quick, like, pretty fast before your, like, mom sees, because you're not supposed to have weapons at the dining table. Um... (laughs) And just says, outside or downstairs? Either one. You know, I picked the knife, so I feel you can pick the location. Not particularly torn up about it. She pauses, and then you see that her phone buzzes, and she looks at it, and then just, like, looks really angry for a moment, and then just shoves her phone in her pocket and says, outside. And starts heading. No, what? Sorry, are you otherwise engaged? Because I can also go do it by myself. Oh, I'm quite good at it now, actually. So, well, if uh, if if you don't mind, then I'm mom is already going to force us to spend the next week and a half together. So, I could use as much time away from you as uh, I can get. That's fair. But you would do me the courtesy of at least telling me where you're going before you leave me to go fight, you know, zombies in the woods by myself, wouldn't you? I'm going to my room to stare at the ceiling. Yeah, that's great. All right, well, I guess I'll see you after dinner then. Have a lovely 30 minutes and I'm going to walk outside. Yeah, you see that she gets up and uh, does not head for her room, but heads for the garage to, uh, fuck, no, you because you have the car, which you abandoned the Wendy. <laughs> <laughs> she, she, like, leaves and you head outside and then, like, literally two minutes later, your sister comes, like, uh, stomping out the back door and just says and, like, yells at you. Where's the fucking keys? Where are the car? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought car? you were going to your room. I didn't think that was of utmost importance. Yeah. Why well, is it relevant now? Wouldn't you like to know? I would. That's exactly why I'm asking you, Carolyn. But, you know, if you don't want to talk about it, then great. The no, car's otherwise engaged presently. So have fun in your room. How the fuck is it otherwise engaged? You're here, aren't you? Oh, man. I don't know. Fine. If you just want to make this as hard as possible so that we both have the worst two fucking weeks of our lives, great. Carolyn? 
oh wait who was the one that had to be engaged in the life-threatening battle with the whole Ragnarok situation oh that's right it was only one of us so yeah have a nice worst two weeks of your life I'm going to go now she just turns around and slams the door and heads back inside I'm gonna go get the car from Wendy's Yeah, you can you can run back to Wendy's and get the car and bring it home. Uh, you're like maybe like a couple minutes late for dinner, but um, your mom like doesn't mention it. Uh, yeah, your mom doesn't like make you go back to school, uh, and so is kind of like content to leave you alone for the rest of the day, except for making sure that you train with Carolyn for like a couple hours when you're done. Yeah who despite despite how much she does not like you and does not like spending time with you carolyn is taking her shit seriously in part because your mother does watch for at least half an hour um, but uh in an effort to like not make this absolutely horrible carolyn has just resorted to not speaking like as speaking as little as possible yeah no starfire does about the same thing as soon as they start yeah yeah and thus begins uh the new routine starfire has never been quite so exactly precise as she is when her mom's watching so so i have a question does binding go off when starfire trains with her sister whoops i think it i mean i don't i was thinking like, about this since I was they're not like trying this. to since that they're, they're not like fighting fighting yeah. each other does it go off later if they go after the jogger or like uh it just says the person cannot physically harm others is the wording the person cannot physically harm so and it's others it will probably it might become more of a problem if if uh like starfire and carolyn are like getting into it and like like hurting each other but i think like the kind of training that you guys do especially with the knowledge that like the end of the world is coming at the end of the week and you don't want to have like any bruises or injuries or anything for that like i think maybe it wouldn't go off just yet cool cool great sweet fun awesome yay yeah yeah so meanwhile sylvia you didn't go back to school did you nope okay what i mean do you do anything uh with the rest of that wednesday no cool just hanging out hanging out with regina cool then in that case we'll get back to you uh because uh at around like three uh the arcade gang um you guys head back to the illumination emporium and you probably get there just in time to see penny like swinging the like taking the closed sign down and putting it back up with open um and she's sort of like gives a friendly wave as she sees like the three of you sort of standing outside waiting. Hi, Penny. Glad to see you're back. Oh, um... Good afternoon, Miss Grimm. Oh, just call me Penny. What are the three of you doing here? Um, 
and she looks at Cassie and says, uh, oh, Cassie, nice to meet you. Penny. Oh, um, nice to meet you too. I don't, I don't think we've met before. We haven't. Cool. Um, we just, we, uh, we had, we, uh, questions about, uh, things. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, well, come inside. Do you guys uh, Hi, want I'm, some tea? I'm Eden. Yes. Eden, uh, my grandson talks about you. He does? Oh, all good things. You're in, in his, his new group of friends. You guys have been so good for him this year. I've, I'm really glad you, uh, you and, uh, Eli and, and, um, James, Jesse, Justin, 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 thank you. Yes, you, I hear so much about you all. You know, Cassie's part of that friend group too, but it's not here there. Let's go inside. <laughs> yeah, she brings all of you inside. Uh, and as she's like, you know, taking off her coat and putting her hat like on a hook, uh, says, So, uh, questions about things. What things can I uh, tell you about? Answer. Um, do. Cassie looks at Eden, like silently asking, "Like, should I just should I just go in for it, or should I set it up?" Eden Eden raises an eyebrow at Cassie and is kind of just like conveying the "do what you want," but also yes. <laughs> uh, Cassie just uh, looks back to Penny, kind of like folds their hands in front of them, and is like, "Um, so." The world is ending, mm-hmm. and oh, you know about that. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. You're just chill about it. Oh well, I mean, I'm doing what I can to to try and make it not end. But uh, as to making the world like super not end, that's kind of a little out of my wheelhouse. But I do what I can. Yeah. How's the how's the zombie problem? That's one of the things I was gonna ask like has that been like fixed or um you know it's i made some calls talked to some friends we uh headed out into the woods and and did some magic um honestly took me back to the good old days um but it's kind of like putting a band-aid on uh like a big crack in a dam uh but you know we did what we could Unfortunately, someone is peeling all the band-aids off, so we are going to have to go back and try and put you know more on. Who? Well, um, I really would love to know who. Uh, that's part of that is part of the problem. But um, oh, we're taking care of it. So, I mean, stay out of the woods, still though. Yeah. Yep. Got it. Still mm-hmm. doing that. Good to hear. We, I mean, specifically, we we kind of came here because we've been having um, problems with a witch pretty recently, and I don't know, I don't really know how this magic stuff works very well. But is there like, I mean, if if you can cast something on somebody, there's got to be a way to make them unable to cast things on you, right? So I. 
I mean, is there like wards or like the magical equivalent of a of a stop sign, but like spiritually? Or like shield. a lock? A shield, yeah, yeah like, shield. Like a shield. I would say shield, not stop sign. <laughs> I'm mm. like, can I just like throw up a hand and just be like don't cast things on me and like well uh usually if you want a uh witch to stop casting things on you you uh sneak into their house and go through all their things and make sure they don't have anything of yours and then never look them in the eye again um alternatively you could talk to them maybe and she sort of like looks mm. meaningfully at Cassie. Uh, but it, I mean, if if the um, Cassie's at a loss for words, he's looking desperately between Caesar and Eden because he doesn't know what else to say. Um, we, I mean, we could pro- we could Penny. That sounds like a great idea, actually. You know, I yeah, I I got some information that yeah, that does sound that's that's definitely a possibility. Thank you, Penny. Uh, I mean, if there's like something, well, it's hard to get around them having if they have something of yours. It's it's really you can't really stop that. Um. What you can do, and um, Penny sort of like goes uh, behind the counter and starts like rummaging in sort of like a, a little drawer. Um, and she comes back and she says, well, so what you can do is, um, I only have one of these, but basically what you can do is you can keep this thing in your pocket and she holds up like a sort of like a little like cloth like sort of burlap bag like a hex bag um that has like a little like sigil on it uh and it smells like uh like sort of herbs uh and uh, she says and like very earthy and she says will you keep this in your pocket and um it'll make it harder uh for them to um see into your life uh that kind of thing um Again, if they have something of yours, it's really hard to get around that. Uh, but this will um, at least make it a little harder. That's that's good. That's some. Um, that's oh, better yes. than nothing. Yeah, I feel like. Sounds... Yeah. Uh, can we buy that? Oh, oh, you, you, you. You guys can have this for free. You can have this for free. Um, and oh, you know what? Oh. I'll I'll see if I can work on making some more. It would be amazing. That would be great. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Anything else I can help you kids with? Well, um, how do you make money here? One of the things I was going to bring up, I actually didn't come in with these two originally. We it was just coincidence. We happened to come here at the same time I kind of when I saw you last I kind of walked out without paying for anything so uh I I did feel bad about that when I realized so can, should, oh, can I pay well, you for your services oh 
no need, no need. Um, I don't know if you guys have actually looked around at the store, but uh, everything in here is marked up pretty high. The people who don't know about magic will pay about anything for what they think is magic. Oh. Also, when my husband died, he left me a lot of money. Oh, that's great. Great to hear. Great. Yes. People dying and leaving you money. That's great. Yes. Um, uh, Make sure you guys get a life insurance policy. I, Just a tip for the future. Noted. Noted. Yeah, I have that taken care of. Thank you. <laughs> um, uh, um, well, I, I, I didn't expect these two to be here when I did this. I was just gonna ask, you know, when I, I came in here, I was injured last time. So I was just wondering, like, do you, do you do healing magic? Like, or was that like, like an accident that, that, that that happened that what you did happen to heal me no it wasn't an accident um so part of uh the magic that i can do is that um i can uh sort of pick up on uh residual energies magic on people and um get rid of them uh, which can involve healing if it's like your case where you were attacked by a magical being, a creature, and I got rid of that sort of magical residue, residue, I guess is a good word for it, um, and which got rid of your wound. Um, I can heal sort of uh, mag- magical sort of wounds like that. Um, and I can also break spells on people. Okay, great. Um, do you have to like touch the person, or like if I had a connection with the person, the bat? Would you be able to like go through that channel? Magic gets trickier the farther away it gets from the caster. So if I used your connection to a person to try to take away something magical on them, it could go wrong. The chances of it going wrong are a lot higher than if I had them in front of me. Um, For things like seeing into the past or like looking, like scrying kind of things, that's less risky. Uh, But taking on other people's burdens magic spells that is the kind of magic that is really really dangerous um so you don't do house calls uh well i guess as of today i do if you know we are dealing with the end of the world maybe but if i politely asked if you would do like a I guess it's not a house call but like a hospital room call could you maybe do that at some point are you trying to help Caleb who else do we know that's in the hospital right now right Stephanie got out of there today 
Mm-hmm. Who else do we know that's in the hospital right now? And that we um, care about. Yeah. Well, I was not going to be that crass, Eden. Well, uh, to answer your question, yes, I can go and take a look and see what I can do. Um. Well, that would mean a lot to me personally. So, um, if you do do that um, and are successful, that would be great. It's uh, it's for Caleb Gray. He's in room, and then I, I tell her the room. Mm-hmm. So, all right, and she like gets out a little pad of paper and like scribbles it down behind the the counter. I mean, that's all I, I really had. So um, thank you again so much for your, your help today, Penny. Of course, of course. You know, anytime you kids need help, um, let me know. I'm glad to do it. Um, and yeah, you know, stay safe, please. I kind of look at Cassie and like, just give her the like, just a wordless like question like do we trust her um can cassie gaze into the abyss real quick just about granny penny grim like a sniff check yeah like do you want to gaze into the abyss or like heightened senses let's do heightened senses why not use it twice no Still worries. have that bonus for me, maybe. Yeah, you have a bonus for me. That's a five and a six in the dice. So that's a like a what? That's just an eleven straight up. <laughs> nice. Okay, so on a ten and up, ask the MC three questions from below and take one forward. Ooh. Two take one forwards. So let's go. I'm winning. Um shit. Three questions. Okay. I'm gonna go with what poses the biggest threat to me, who's in control here, and what is their secret weakness? Okay. Who's in control here? Penny Grimm. This is her shop. This is her home, her turf. Uh, And just by looking you can feel truly how powerful she is. Like, it's not something that you notice immediately, but once you like lean into that sort of like magical, like wild werewolf nature, like you become more in tune with like the sort of magic, like in the air and in the world and in the earth like around you and as you sort of tune into that sort of like sphere of energy you can feel that like all of it almost like not really a black hole more like just like a neutron star is penny grim sucking up the power and the magic in the room once you know that she's there and are looking for it she is a star of magic so what poses the biggest threat to you not her uh she is despite her power she is 
truly nothing but on your side and everything that she says about wanting to help and being there for you and Eden and Cassie and your friends is all true however the biggest threat to you um sort of in this situation that you find yourself on this Wednesday afternoon with all this news coming forward and all these things happening what poses the biggest threat to you is assuming that Stephanie won't help you if you don't talk to her. Pennygram's biggest, or Pennygram's secret weakness and biggest weakness is that she will give so many second and third chances that she will probably not see someone actually intending to hurt her until it's too late. Hmm. Cassie is going to take all of this information in, just look down at the ground, back up at Penny and the Eden, and just nod. Thank you for everything, I guess, for this. Of course. She looks at the three of you and says, um... I know that uh, a lot of stuff is happening, a lot of dangerous stuff. Um, obviously, you all seem to know about Ragnarok. We're, we're on Starfire's side. Oh, well, that's good. I'm glad that she has friends on her side. She will need it. People don't exactly face the end of the world, and come out victorious doing it alone. Or at least no one has before. Prophecies, or at least this one, I guess, is kind of like the sun becoming a red giant. You can put it off as long as you can. It can be, the end could be so far into the future that thinking about the end of the world is sort of meaningless because it's so far away that it'll never happen to you. The cycle can keep going forever and forever, except it can't. Maybe things can go wrong again and the cycle can not be broken this time, just like it has it for the last however many years it hasn't been broken and maybe your friends can live normal lives and keep going but even if it doesn't seem real now even if the cycle doesn't end now it will eventually the sun will become a red giant and consume the earth and someday Fenris is going to break free insofar as this conflict here is inevitable there's a little more wiggle room but the prophecy itself the cycle can continue on and on only to a point and even then do you want it to do you think there's a way to break in i think that 
Starfire is a very powerful person. Yeah. And I think that she has very kind friends there to support her, which I don't think a lot of Valkyries have had before. So I think that if anyone can do it, I'd put my money on Starfire. That's that's good to hear. I have nothing else, so thank you. You know, hopefully we'll break it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I believe in all of you. And me and my witchy friends will be doing our best from the sidelines. So good luck. Stay safe. If you ever need anything, or if you just want to chat, you can stop by. Can I talk with you in private? Penny? Yeah. She like gestures uh, for you to like follow her around back and like waves at the other two of you. Yeah, she takes you to like the same room where like everyone has had their conversations with her so far in like the uh, sort of curtained room with the card table and the sagging bookshelves full of magical tomes. And she gestures for you to sit down in like a squashy armchair and says, What can I do for you, Eden Grace? Eden kind of looks at her and like crosses his fingers and on crosses them a couple times. Penny, I I I I want to know how I can help personally. Cause I mean, as far as I know, I'm one of the uh, one of the one of the only normal ones. I have no magic powers. I have no chain, or I guess I somewhat know how I can help. But how can I help them not? underestimate me hmm. penny sort of like folds her arms and crosses them over her chest and says um i may not be the biggest help here because i'm not usually underestimated but i do think that well you're kind of a quiet person eden and I do think maybe the first step to not being underestimated by everyone else is not underestimating yourself. I know that it can be difficult to, I guess, put yourself out there, but don't, I guess, don't be afraid to take up space because you're right, you have so much to offer and there are so many ways that you can help but don't let the reason that other people doubt you is because you doubt yourself and you don't want to take that first step 
even rubs the back of their neck and like chuckles a bit. I guess the comfort zone isn't as comfortable as one think it, thinks it is. One of, well, one of the problems with trying to be perfect so hard and all the time is that when it comes time to try something new and to step out of that comfort zone, the realization that you could try something and not be perfect is enough to stop you from going after whatever it is you want. And well, the real truth is that nothing is perfect, though I'm sure you've heard that before. Life isn't perfect. And no one is waiting for you to be perfect enough to join them. You're already enough. I guess my next question is the one that I tried to tried to ask first is that I, I can I can get information, sure, but how do I help? When it comes time, like I can't just run because there is no running. Penny sort of like reaches across like the card table and folds her hands on top of yours and just says, there is a very, well, I guess underestimated power in not being the one who runs, but the one that people run to. I see the way that Cassie looks at you and the way they need you. And sometimes just being the person that helps, but also the person that someone comes home to, sometimes that is the greatest magic. Eden kind of just sits there. Is is like varying between like making eye contact and not for like a good minute just sitting there in silence processing okay i get it by the way uh chris told me uh i think that he might be trying to uh learn from you at some point soon oh good about time <laughs> maybe try and push on, push it on him a little bit so he actually gets around to it she stands up and uh pats you on the shoulder and then sort of like leans forward and whispers in your ear and you know they offer martial arts classes at the y <laughs> i'll keep that in mind <laughs> <laughs> it's always isn't, a good skill to have isn't the Y like a Christian community though oh they let everybody join these days okay fair enough Th- thank you Miss Grimm again call me Penny I can't it, it, my parents taught me how to be respectful 
All right. Well, just know that it makes me feel old. <laughs> While uh, Eden is talking to Penny, uh, Cassie, sorry, Cassie's just gonna like, you know, stand like a little, a little bit awkwardly, shoulders squared, looking at all of the bits and baubles around the store instead of looking directly at Caesar. And he's gonna just sit there for a couple seconds before he like clears his throat and goes, so um, you're, you're pretty, I mean, I guess you, hmm, I know this might be coming out of nowhere um, and maybe even is like, like, you know, unneeded or uh, uncalled for, I guess. But um, I, I don't, hmm, I don't know you um, as well as Eden does or as well as Lucian does. But I guess I, I just wanted to make it clear. I just wanted to, to say it so that you knew that I think that Lucian, he's, he's better when he's around you. Um, I, can, I can kind of tell. And he cares about you a lot. He cares about you so much. And he, he told us, he didn't tell us like everything probably because that's, you know, how he works sometimes, but he told us enough. People are a product of the circumstances that they grew up in, I guess. And I'm not gonna pretend to know everything that is going on with you or with any of my friends ever, but I trust you to make the decisions that you need to make and you don't have to offer it back. That's okay. I don't, it's not, you know, it's not dependent on anything. Lucian cares about you. Eden cares about you. So I care about you and if you ever need anything, I guess, I mean, I've, I'm pretty good at throwing the punch. I'm not very good at talking, um, but yeah, I'm, yeah. So, and also you're pretty good at Dance Dance Revolution for somebody who's never played an arcade game before, I guess. <laughs> wow. Um... Cassie that was a lot but it was not 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 in a bad way um it's it means a lot I yeah you know we don't really know each other that well which is kind of weird I guess now that you think about it we're both kind of involved with each other's best friends so 
maybe we should start hanging out more but thank you i i think you know better than most people that you can you can love someone a lot and you you still accidentally hurt them and i i guess i'm still figuring out how to reconcile those things but i yeah i eden means a lot to me and i'm i'm glad you make them happy and lucian means a lot to me too just you know um yeah people are a product of where they came from and sometimes i don't know sometimes they can transcend it like lucian did and then sometimes maybe they don't but um you know we could we'll see so thank you and um you don't you don't have to be good at talking i can cover that but um i'm glad i'm glad to hear you can you can throw a punch that's 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 great that's thank you that's that's good um although you might have to be good at talking uh with stephanie is the thing though Mm. sorry i kind of Penny was implying it, so I guess she kind of already knows. Um, you know, I don't know you guys' shit, but I, I talked to Stephanie yesterday, actually, and we were having a conversation that was, like, completely unrelated to you, and then she still brought you up. Oh. So I think you're you're up in that headspace. So huh. I think if you could talk to her, that would actually be fucking great. So I... I... Uh... I'll I'll give it a shot. I thank you. Yeah, I just it's thank you. Just no, I know it's it's difficult. It's difficult to uh, talk to someone you maybe had a falling out with. Um, but we should we should try. We should try. You know. Yeah. So. Also, thank thank you um, about the DDR thing. I have never done that before, but when I was a kid, I kind of wanted to be a dancer. Did you know that? It was crazy. So <laughs> you'd be good at it. Maybe you should do that instead of one of your lit, like infinity reaching mm-hmm. extracurriculars. I literally never see you anywhere else besides school. I feel like just yeah, I'm up there a lot. So. Whenever you want to take a break, I'm pretty good at wandering around doing absolutely nothing. So, I mean, that sounds nice. Um, today was actually kind of nice. So, maybe. Yeah. Uh, she gives him time to pull away if he doesn't want to. But she gives him like a a quick hug. Like a, how, like a one-arm hug around the, the shoulders and like pats his shoulder. Yeah, Caesar will let him. Cute. She as she's pulling away, she 
discuss this hair a little bit. In- okay, okay. Um, Percy and what? Sorry, Penny. <laughs> Penny and yeah. <laughs> Oops. Oops. Uh, we'll gloss over that. Uh, Penny and Eden come out of the back. I do. Eden's hand is like on the door. As like he kind of like looks back. I feel like what you said earlier already. I already know your answer to this, but can people be irredeemable? Only if they choose to be. And then Eden will walk out. Penny sort of makes her last like goodbyes and come see me if you need anything. And then puts like uh, a single like wrapped tea bag in each of your hands. Um, That apparently is like good for sore throats and headaches. Um, And it has like the number of the shop on the back of the packaging. Uh, And sends you all on your way. Um, that feels like a good place to end. This episode featured Catherine Rarett as the Master of Ceremonies, Percival Walter as Lucian Astor, Quinn Porzen as Eden Grace, Arcadia Reeves as Cassie Rodriguez, Casey Fleming as Starfire Miller, Karina Revilla as Cesar Rodriguez Reyes, Victoria Nielsen as Sylvia Striciante, and Saffron Heftigaub as Stephanie Chaplin. The Valkyrie Cycle is co-directed by Catherine Rarett and Saffron Heftigaub and produced by Casey Fleming. This season's editing team includes Catherine Rarett, Karina Revilla, Casey Fleming, Sola Heftigaub, and Saffron Heftigaub. Music for The Valkyrie Cycle was composed by Haley Adams and Quinn Borison. Art was created by Arcadia Reeves. And our social media team is run by Fabiola Liano. Additional sound effects are sourced from freesound.oregonzapsplat.com under the Creative Commons Attribution License. For a full list of credits, please visit our website at midnightceremoniesmedia.com. Again, that's midnightceremoniesmedia.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to leave us a review and tell your friends, as word of mouth is one of the best ways to support the show. We appreciate all your support, and thank you so much for listening. Proud member of the Rainbow Roll Network. Rainbow Roll. Our Our stories, stories, our our voices. voices.